My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. And I'm asking this morning, Father, that you will tear down every barrier. That you will open up every heart. And every mind will receive the incorruptible seed of your word. And Lord, I declare that every marriage in this room not only will make it, but Father will experience abundant life in their marriages. I thank you, Lord God, for restoring and rejuvenating all the couples that are in this room, even those who feel like they can't go another day. But Father, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so, Father, as we activate our will to do that, we thank you for the supernatural power to help us carry it out. And as I decrease now, we, I thank you for the Holy Spirit speaking to the hearts of every person. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in our third series in our lessons called Survivor. Everybody say Survivor. And if you're visiting us this morning, and if you accidentally sat in as a single, uh, we're still targeting married people, but I believe you can learn something that will benefit your life as well. Now, remember, we have uh, four rules in place. Here's the first rule is no what? No elbowing in the service allowed. Number two, no hitting, striking, or pinching allowed. Let me add slapping, too, because I heard somebody got slapped upside the head the other day. Uh, Number three, no arguing or verbally embarrassing your spouse. And then number four, do not listen to the lesson for your spouse, but listen to the lesson for who? For you. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to write this down. The topic is faith for your marriage. Everybody say faith. For your marriage. I want you to find two verses of scripture. Find 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. And then I want you to find John chapter 16 verse 33. That was 1 John which is close to the back. Chapter 5 verse 4. And then John chapter 16 verses 33. I really believe God wants the very best for our lives when it comes to our marriage and our relationships. And what we don't realize as believers is that he has given us this thing called faith to help us have an abundant marriage. We read countless of times in the Bible where the faith of someone brought a miracle in their lives. You can write down Matthew 9, 29. This is one instance where there were two blind men that needed to be healed. They came to Jesus and asked him, would he heal them? And Jesus made a powerful statement to them. This is what he said to them. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, listen to me now. It took more than Jesus's power and Jesus's anointing for them to receive their healing. Okay, I'm going to say it another way. In other words, 
He could have said, or we could say, Jesus was saying, I have the power to do it. Do you have the faith to receive it? Did you get that? And I believe that faith for our marriages is the missing link to our relationship breakthroughs. So I want you to find 1 John 5. Are you there? Regardless of the shape that your relationship is in right now. Or the biggest problem you can phantom in your mind or may be experiencing. Your faith in God's word and in his power is the answer. In 1 John 5, 4, I love it. It says... For whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcomes the what? The world. Everybody say, I'm an overcomer. And then he says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? Verse 5. But he that believes uh, that Jesus is the son of God. In other words... God has given us some faith. He's deposited an ingredient called faith for us to be able to overcome any obstacle in our lives. And let me say this to you. If faith is powerful enough to take you out of hell and put you into heaven, faith is strong enough to save your relationship. Amen. Now, I love the message translation in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. This is what it says. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, go over to John chapter 16. Go to John 16. John chapter 16. Although you may be experiencing some marital problems right now, Jesus has overcome the problem by giving us, watch this now, a pattern. Everybody say a pattern. He's given us a pattern on how to to overcome these obstacles that we have. He had to overcome some obstacles. In John chapter 16, what verse did I tell you? Verse 33. This is what it says. These things have I spoken unto you that in me, in Christ... You might have what? You might have peace. And then he says, in the world, you might have tribulation. What did he say? He says, you shall have tribulation. But he goes on to say, but be of good cheer. I have what? I have overcome the world. The Amplified says this. I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Basically what Jesus was saying was, because of me. Any faith fight that you enter, if you will stick with it, you will win in the end. It's almost like uh, recording a fight that you weren't home to watch. Reading the paper to see who won and then watching the fight anyway. 
even though it looked like this person was losing the fight, and they, they may be bleeding, they may be beat up, but at the end of the fight, you already know who's going to win because you've already DVR'd it. Well, that's what it's like in our relationships. If we can look down the road, if we can look around the corner, we're going to win the fight. But we can't win a fight that we quit. Amen. And it's amazing to me how we use our faith to get jobs. We use our faith to have children. We use our faith to get promotions. We even use our faith to buy that house that we have. But for some reason... We never focus our faith on one of the most important areas of our lives that affect our children, watch this, and ultimately generations to come. I mean, if you can use your faith to, to, to get a car, why not use your faith to save your relationship? Now go to John, since we're in John, go to John chapter 2. Here's a story that I want to read. Here's a story I want to read. This was Jesus' first recorded miracle in the Bible. And I don't believe it was a coincidence that Jesus' first miracle was a wedding. Was at a wedding. It says in chapter 2 in verse 1. On the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. Now, as we tell this story, I want you to put yourself in the story. You can pick who you want to be. You can be either Jesus. You can be the disciples. But you know what? Why don't you be Mary, the mother of Jesus? Okay, so I want you to pretend you're Mary. It says, and on the third day, he was invited to a marriage. And the mother of Jesus was there. Watch verse 2. And both Jesus was called and his who? And his disciples to the marriage. Now, so... I believe that this was someone close to Jesus' family. I mean, for his mother to be invited and for him to be invited. And, you know, he had to, you know, whoever invited him knew that he had a posse. Well, you can't invite Jesus without those 12 guys coming. So you might as well just add 12 to the, the reception list as well. Well, let's see what happened. Verse 3. And when they wanted wine. Now, here's what I like. They didn't need wine. See, you don't need wine to live. Now, some of you all think you need some wine. You don't need wine. You may want some wine. But it says here, they wanted some wine. And here's one of the issues. I'm sidetracking, but I'm going back on track. One of the issues with married couples is that they never come together and pray for what they want. They only come together and pray for what they need. Do you know God wants to do more than just meet your need? He wants to exceed your need and move over into the want status so that when people see you, they can say, my, the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. Verse 3, they wanted wine. Watch the response. And the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. That's interesting, isn't it? Why would she come to Jesus? Because it's not his reception. I mean, that's like you showing up at a wedding and they come up to you and say, they done ran out of food. What you going to do? Put 
yourself in the, in the situation now. Verse 4. And Jesus said unto her, woman. Now, see, Jesus would have got slapped in 2011. <laughs> I'm just playing. It says, he said, woman, what do I have to do with you? My hour is not yet come. Now, watch verse 5. His mother. Now, remember, you're his mother. Said to the servants, whatever he says to you, what did he say? Do it. And there were set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firskins apiece. Now, let me explain this to you. That was about 20 to 30 gallons. Okay. When I multiplied this, at the end of the day, Jesus made 2,800 and something glasses of wine. They were some drinking people, weren't they? (laughs) So watch what happened. She said, whatever he tells you to do, you need to do it. Watch what happens. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with what? Water. And they filled them up to the what? brim and he said unto them draw out now and take it to the governor of the feast and they bear it and when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was but the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him every man at the beginning does set forth good wine and men have well after men have well drunk then that which is worse but you kept the good wine until what until now and then verse 11 says this beginning of miracles did jesus in cana of galilee manifests his glory now watch this i love this tagline and his disciples believed on him because at that point they had never seen a miracle now what's the point of the story the point of the story is the process that i'm going to lay out to you Because you cannot have a good, godly marriage without applying your faith. And this story depicts faith in action. And see, the devil knows that uh, we must always go first before God can do his part. In other words, there must first be some natural and then there are some supernatural. Okay, let's take Moses. Moses was standing at the Red Sea. He didn't know what to do. But remember, God's going to always ask us to do something natural before he can trigger the supernatural. He said, Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses had a stick in his hand and a natural stick is what started the supernatural. He raised the stick up and then guess what happened? God began to move. Let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. She had to first believe and have a desire to get healed. But then after that, she had to do something physical for God to do something. Guess what? She had to go and touch the hem of, her, of his garment. And after she physically did her part, her faith was made complete. Because faith without works is what? Dead. And even then, Jesus commended her. He says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So guess what? Your faith can go a long way in your relationship. Now, let me give you a process. I want you to write this down before I give you the process. Write this down. 
It is easier to say I do than it is to stand on what you said you would do. I'm going to say that again. It is easier to stand on the wedding day and say I do. It's easier to do that than it is to stand on and do what you said you would do. So the, the key to faith working is for us to muster some works up so that our faith is complete. But some of you all are saying, well, pastor, I don't even feel like mustering up any, any works. I'm tired. Have you ever noticed that that's the main word that comes out of people's mouth when they are frustrated? I'm tired. Well, honey, let's go to the counselor. I'm tired. Well, we have to have some works. And if I was the devil, I would mentally tire you out so that you would put no physical effort. Because watch this. Without no physical effort, there's no spiritual breakthrough. Amen. And so many times couples get weary and well doing. You know why? Because their focus is always on what the other person is not doing instead of what they should be doing. I'm going to say that again. Couples get weary because their focus is on what the other person is not doing instead of what they should be doing. And it's not until we make our marriages our personal faith projects that we'll see an awesome marriage. So let's look at now. There were five things that happened in this story that released the power of a miracle in this couple's life. Here's the first one. Let's go, let's, go, let's go back and look at it. First of all, we see that Jesus was invited. I mean, somebody got smart. Well, we don't know. We've never seen him do nothing. And, and we know it's going to cost us an extra 12 plates, but he needs to be at the wedding. And in order for your marriage to go to the next level, you have to invite Jesus into every situation. He, he can't fix it if you don't invite him. I mean, even in the midst of you going off, catch yourself. In the midst of you cussing, catch yourself and say, Jesus, we need you in this situation. No, 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 no. If we don't invite him, he's not invited. So the first thing is someone, here's the A, they allow Jesus to attend. Here's my question. I know you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, but have you allowed him to attend your marriage? Here's number two. Someone had to acknowledge and believe that all things were possible. See, Mary was the one that did that. I don't know how Mary knew, but somehow she said, you know what? I think he can do something about this. So someone in the relationship has to acknowledge and understand that all things are possible to the person that believes. So guess what? It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your what? your path. And so there is no problem in your relationship that cannot be fixed, but you must not only allow Jesus in the situation, but we must acknowledge him and know that all things are possible. 
Then there's the third thing. Look now in verse uh, in verse four or verse three when she wanted they wanted wine and she said they have no wine. She asked for help. That's number three. In your marriage situation, for your faith to work now, you have to ask for some help. And there are some people in the room, you, you, you're not asking for help. You say, well, Pastor, I, I want to solve it by myself. Well, so far that hasn't worked. So you say, well, how do I ask for help? You ask for help in two ways. First, you ask God. God, I need some wisdom. I need some help. And then if you can't hear God, because sometimes when you're in the middle of a tornado, you can't hear God. Then guess what? You ask outside of your help. Uh, outside of yourself, you, you ask for help. Call the church office. Ask for some advice. Call our counselors. But they ask for some I wonder what would have happened had Mary never asked Jesus for some help. You think he would have just by osmosis said, ooh, hmm, they need wine. He probably could have done that. But we must ask for help. But then here's number four. They had to act on what he said. Now, here's the one that gets us in a, in a relationship. She said to them, whatever he tells you to do, you need to do it. In other words, now we've moved to the action part of how faith works. Someone has to do something after God gives you instruction. In other words, he may say, go and apologize. Mm-hmm. And I hear some of you all thinking right now, well, well, pastor, they started it. But did you do something wrong? Because if you did something wrong, you still need to apologize. Amen. Hey, uh, uh, an act of faith. The pastor said, do something special each once, once time a week to show your effort in your relationship. I wonder how many of you all did that this week. I'm not just up here saying it to say it. You got to do it. You know, my wife, her special effort this week, she went to Starbucks and brought, bought me a cup of tall caramel macchiato with extra, extra, extra caramel in it. She got it because I can't go in there. <laughs> but she went out of her way to do something for me to show that I am putting some effort into this relationship. I saw some beautiful flowers in the store. They weren't just roses. They were like, uh, they looked like orange uh, tulips or something. I don't know what they were. But it was just exotic. You know, my wife likes exotic stuff. So I bought her some flowers this week. You don't, you don't have to spend money to do something. My question is, have you put any effort into doing something this week to make your relationship better? Now, here's the, the last one I like. After you put some action, you can now anticipate a miracle. See, if God can raise Lazarus from the dead, he sure can raise your relationship up from the dead. Amen. One of the biggest challenges to putting works behind our faith is selfishness and pain from past hurts. 
Many of us, watch this now, many of us were disappointed by coworkers. How many in here have been disappointed by some coworkers? I mean, they may have lied on you, they may have cheated, they may have stole some money from your business, or whatever the case is. Many, many of us were disappointed, but we didn't stop going to work. Many of our parents disappointed us in some way or another when we were growing up. We didn't divorce them. Well, I don't know if you can do that, but probably if you could, some of y'all probably would have. In other words, we didn't quit in the natural, so why would we quit on one of the most important relationships in the Bible outside of our relationship with God? Watch this. This is so good. I want you to get this. God will never allow a circumstance in your relationship to happen if you couldn't handle it. Now, I didn't say he endorsed what the person did. I'm saying to you, he would not have allowed it if he didn't know you had the faith to overcome it. Which says that whatever you have gone through in your relationship, you have the faith to overcome it or he would have never allowed it to happen. So now, instead of seeing yourself as a victim, you now need to see yourself as the victor. Why? Because the faith to overcome it is already inside. And God, watch this now, he knew you could overcome it. So he's just watching so he can brag on you to the devil. Now, see, some of you all, you, you know, you're blaming the devil for stuff that you're doing. I mean, if you threw hot coffee on him and he slapped you, well, hey. Who did that this week? Who did that this week? Now, go to Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans 10. We're talking about faith for your marriage. We're talking about faith for your marriage. See, you got to know. Uh, everybody say years ago. Years ago, when I, when I got ordained for ministry, I got ordained and licensed first before I went to Bible school. So one of the guys that was uh, ordaining me, uh, his wife was from Trinidad. Well, tell me if this is not a coincidence. Here he is. He's ordaining me. Okay, we knew him pretty good because he was a guest speaker, you know, several times in our church back then. Okay, and, and, and so he's ordaining me and his sister-in-law just happens to be going to the same Bible school that I'm going to in Jamaica at the same time I'm coming. So, you know, they were like, wow, we need to fix them up. So she knew about me. Before I got there, I knew about her before I got there. It sounds like this is a God thing, right? Yeah, it really does. So we get there, and she's a pretty good-looking girl, and I know I'm a pretty good-looking guy. <laughs> Very humble, too. <laughs> so Christ for the Nations made, made us sign a piece of paper that says, 
you will not date or spend time with someone of the opposite sex for a whole year so you can get grounded at the school. Basically, they didn't want you sidetracked. They wanted you to be focused. Now, after your second year, if you want to date someone, that's fine. So this particular young lady, you know, we met and that kind of thing, but we couldn't, we couldn't hang out or nothing because, you know, the rules said, don't do that. And Pastor Ebbing is going to follow the rule. But she didn't follow the rule. There was this guy that was just hounding her, hounding her, hounding her. So then the second semester comes around and she wants to act like she wants to talk to me now. Oh, no. I'm too unique to compete. You say, well, Pastor, I'm stuck now. Well, just love the one you're with. <laughs> Are you in Romans 10? The what? My God, today. The only remedy for low faith is a high dosage of the word. In other words, you cannot take a vacation on an empty tank of gas. And when we begin to pour the promises of God, such as with God, all things are possible. That I rejoice with the wife of my youth. That he's working all things together for my good. With men, it's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible to him that believes. See, that begins to produce hope in your life. And hope says, I know God can but you got to move from hope to faith because faith says, watch it now, faith doesn't say, I know that God can. Faith says, God will. Amen. God will. And so now your perspective in your relationship is not, are we going to make it? Because Every relationship in this room can make it by faith if you, if you close, shut, and lock a door called divorce. See, the problem with us is it's an option. When God never designed divorce to be an option. And so as long as it's a mental option in your mind, it's a way of escape. But see, if, you know, it's, it's like cigarette smoking. If, if, if people who smoke a cigarette fell dead instantly, we would have nobody smoking a cigarette. <laughs> nobody. Well, if we, if we said, you know what, there is no way out, none, zero, zilch. Now, I'm not saying uh, other than uh, uh, adultery, you know, fornication outside the relationship, because that, that is the biblical reason why you should be able to divorce. But even if your spouse cheated, doesn't mean God wants you to bail out. Just set some boundaries up, 
get some accountability in there because, you know, the first time they cheat, you know, you're a victim. The second time they cheat, you're a volunteer. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Listen, just set some boundaries up. Listen, if, if they, they don't want to be accountable with their phone and their text, hey, just you got to tell them up front, though. You can't do it on that, I'm out. What happened? What happened? No, you got to set some parameters up front. So how do you start on the road to faith in your marriage? Real quick. Number one, you must leave today with a submitted will. In other words, the most, imp- the most difficult time in Jesus' life was when he was getting ready to die. Do you agree? And what did he say? Not my will, but whose will? Everybody in this room needs to submit their will to God that I'm staying in this marriage today. Because that's the only area in your life God cannot do nothing about until you submit it to him. Did you know he, you know, people say, well, God can do anything. Well, if that's the case, he should have stopped Adam and Eve from eating that fruit. But no, he gave us a will. So number one, you must leave today with a submitted will. Number two. You must close, lock, and throw away the key of any door that leads you to divorce. Throw it away. Number three, you need to confess every day for a strong, vibrant marriage. I mean, just get up in the morning and just say, Lord, I thank you that my marriage is great. I thank you, Father, that we're in love with each other. I thank you, Lord, that we have sex on a regular basis in Jesus' name. Are y'all scared to say amen on that? I was talking to a young couple. They've been married like five years. You know, we've been married 17 years. And, and uh, the wife was like, well, pastor, you know, uh, we've gone a couple of months with her. I said, what'd you say? I said, I've been married 17 years. I ain't never win no couple of months. But you have to begin to confess what you want to see happen in your relationship. Lord, I thank you that my wife uh, is submitted to me. I thank you that I'm submitted to her. I thank you, Lord God, because your word says that uh, as Christ submits to the church, so uh, we submitted to him. And so I thank you today, Lord, that, that I love her like Christ loved the church. I mean, you got to begin to open your mouth and begin to say, you saying bad stuff. You saying how what they're not doing. So why not now confess the word? So you gotta have a confession every day. It doesn't have to be long and deep. Just wake up every morning and say, Father, I thank you that I have a great marriage, that things are well, that you've healed every hurt, that Father, you're taking our marriage to the next level, that we have no wants and all of our needs are met. Thank you, Lord, that we are an example to our children. Thank you, Father, that divorce is never an option. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to carry this into other generations. Thank you, Lord, that that good is going to come out of this situation that we're in. You got to make a confession. Then number five, you got to do number what? Four, you got to do something every week to draw closer to your spouse. Do something every week. Just apply some. Some of you all have gotten lazy. Okay, I'm going to sit right here and then I'm going to, because I'm already, I done already messed up already. So. Some people in this room have gotten lazy. You don't say I love you. You don't 
you wear socks to bed. Some of y'all go over to bed fully clothed. Ain't wore nothing sexy at all in years, some of y'all. You've gotten lazy. Well, they ought to just take me like that I am. Well, they do, but still, better yourself. You know your breath is hot. Go get some scope, man. Hey, baby. Woo! Help them. Put some toothpaste by the bed. Something. You, you've gotten lazy. You don't open the door. No, I'm talking to some people. Let me sit down. You don't open the door no more. See, I'm talking past Evan right now. Don't open the door. You used to get her gas. Now she smells like a flame. Man, if they were to light a match around your wife, she would blow up like a tank. You used to fix his plate. Now you just leave a frozen dinner out here. I mean, y'all used to just hold hands. Now you holding wrists. I mean, I dare you to go back and look at some of the things that you use. See, and you want to know why you are falling out of love? Well, you're not doing what you did when you were in love. I mean, some of you all haven't kissed your spouse in, in decades. You don't even know how many teeth they got in their mouth. <laughs> how many know what I'm talking about? Now, let me ask you, how many can, can do better? Let me see your hand come in. And see, some of y'all going, well, they ain't doing better. It's not about them. It's about you. And let me tell you, God will honor your works with your faith. I'm going to tell you something. You can wake up to a brand new spouse every morning if you can just change your perspective. Look at that person like they are spiritually in the hospital. Oh, they need resuscitation. (laughs) And then here's here's the last one. Pray with your spouse. You say, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, pray like you cussing them out. Just don't use cuss words. <laughs> Did that say come out right? Well, y'all know what I'm talking about. In other words, you sure express yourself when you're mad. So just hold each other's hands. I'm telling you, prayer brings intimacy. It don't have to. Now, now listen, I'm not talking about intercessory prayer now. Were you trying to pray for 15, 20, 35? No, no, no. Just take a couple of minutes, grab each other's hand, and, and, and let her pray for him and him pray for you. And just say, Lord, thank you for my wife. Thank you that she loves me. Lord, help me to be the best husband for her. Help me to show my love in ways that she'll understand. Lord, help me to be sensitive to her needs. Lord, give me a mind to serve her. Just, just, just basic stuff. Man, I'm going to tell you something. You might get some after that. And I'm closing right there. 
<laughs> Bottom line is, you show your faith with some works. Did y'all get anything out of this morning? All right, every head bow and every eye closed.